0: Imagine you're going about your normal day, driving on a Saturday evening to meet some friends for dinner. You see traffic up ahead and switch lanes, not realizing that there's a motorcycle right next to you. You collide and they crash. How do you protect the generational assets you've worked so hard to accumulate when an unfortunate situation like this occurs? That is what we are addressing on this episode of Music to My Heirs.
1: Music to my ears, the podcast that discusses generational wealth and wealth in general. Welcome your host, Stephen Lewis.
0: To have this discussion, I ventured over to Inns Group to see Andrew Bean and Jennifer Moss. Inns Group is one of the nation's leading independent strategic risk and insurance advisors. For over 40 years, they've established a reputation for relentless client advocacy integrity, and exceptional service. Andrew Bean is one of their shareholders, and Jennifer Moss is a vice president in their private client practice. On this episode, they come together to share their technical expertise around preparing for life's unexpected risks. Andrew and Jennifer, as we sit down and we start talking about this subject, I want to put it into the context of where this fits in the Music to My Airs series. When we're working with clients and focused on creating the most success generation to generation, we're constantly looking at risk. We're thinking about how to build and balance portfolios and design. But one thing that we don't have control of is risks outside of investments that just come along with life. So I really want to take some time and talk about how do you normally advise wealthy families to deal with those risks that just exist as you go out in
1: life. Well typically we talk to them about liability insurance and excess liability insurance or an umbrella.
0: Okay so I've heard that term before umbrella and I've heard I now understand excess liability and umbrella are kind of interchangeable but what is it how do you explain to somebody this is really what excess umbrella insurance is and then I'm gonna ask Jennifer, if she will, tell us what it isn't.
1: So excess liability insurance is liability insurance that sits over and above your underlying insurance policies, such as your auto insurance, your homeowner's insurance, your boat insurance, that provides an extra layer of protection in the event of a tragic accident.
0: Something that really starts to build the costs up. Exactly. Now I heard you say the word liability. So Jennifer, is this this is specifically for things that I've created as a liability?
2: Right. You and family members.
0: Okay. So it typically it's going to cover the rest of the people in my immediate family. Exactly. Okay.
2: So the the children, the dog, even, you know, the pets that are immediate family.
0: Okay. <laughs> and so what's it what's it definitely not cover?
2: It's not a blanket or a catch-all policy that fills the gap um, from your underlying policies. It doesn't cover, like, business pursuits.
0: So if if I decided to not cover the shed in the backyard when we decided to get insurance, I can't look up and say, but I have an umbrella policy. Shouldn't that have covered it? That It's not going to do that.
2: No, it doesn't cover any type of physical property damage that you own. Okay. It's liability is physical damage to other people's property that you have caused or been proven negligent
0: so it's not necessarily a loss i had it's a loss that i created as a liability
1: right okay exactly
0: then i start thinking about my families that we work with and i'm thinking okay who should i be thinking definitely needs to have this what are some of the characteristics or maybe describe the life of the people that are more likely to need umbrella or maybe more likely to need more umbrella
1: insurance I would say anyone probably needs it it definitely any successful family excess liability in my opinion is one of the most important coverages for our clients to buy the cost is typically very inexpensive and it's a no-brainer for successful families we also live in such a litigious society these days with a mass social media presence that makes you such a target for potential litigation
0: So I'm going to go through, and you had given me a list, and I'm going to share this with the the listeners. This is, I think, the general list, and then we'll get into some of the more odd things. But listen to some of the things that they said. As we go through and evaluate, we would want to know these things. Do you drive your car more often than most people do? Do you have a big dog? Do you have toys like a jet ski or a snowmobile? Uh, do you often entertain at your house? Uh, is your car a fast car? Do you have kids in college? Do you let people use your vacation home? It uh, doesn't matter if they're family or friends. Um, on that list, I do not own a snowmobile. So I'll just tell you that. I don't own a snowmobile. Uh, actually, I actually don't own a jet ski either. But I mean, look, I've got a dog. I've, you know, I drive more than I think most people do. You, you were even mentioning to me the other day, and I never th- thought about this. Just, do you play a lot of golf? And I know it seems a little silly. Everyone says, well, define a lot, because I know some people that consider a little a lot. Yeah. Why would I need, why would an umbrella policy help me during golf? Or what other scenarios do you?
1: I mean, we, we you see all kinds of different scenarios, and, and, and they're tragic by nature, typically. Um, anything from playing golf and forgetting, yell, forgetting to yell for, or being involved in an auto accident, texting while driving, or driving under the influence or having a party at your house and someone leaves intoxicated and it harms someone and it comes back to you. There, There's hundreds of scenarios of things that could happen. Yes, they're few and far between, but at the end of the day, they can happen and you, you need that extra layer of protection and that extra layer of protection is an umbrella policy. So my first thought ends up being, okay, I had a party at the house or let's say I
0: use the example that we had a second house and we decided to let family or friends use it my thought is well, they're my family they're my friends if something bad were to happen they would never really sue me they wouldn't try to come after my assets does that ever not work that way
2: i i don't think that it usually works that way because oh. we're all friends and we're all family and one of my family members or myself is hurt you know and it's hard to really tell or know what you're going to do in that moment and it's easy to say up front I would never sue my friends or family but when it happens and maybe your child's missing a limb or a dog has bit its face and it's going to be you know have some type of lifetime repercussions and uh, you start you start thinking a little differently you know and you do what you got to do for your children and you do what you have to do for yourself and sometimes that you do end up you know, having to go against your family members or friends insurance policy or their assets.
1: To me it's 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 why not? Why not carry it? It's so inexpensive and it covers so much potentially. It protects your assets, your net worth. It, Retirement. To me gold. it's just a no-brainer.
0: When you say it covers those things, it covers the liability. Does it cover the legal side?
1: It uh, does. So well, so not only that, it, it provides defense costs outside of the limit of liability that you have. So if you have a five or $10 million umbrella, your defense cost is outside of that limit and it's not eating into it.
0: I think that's a misconception a lot of people have that the lawyers would generally take most of this money anyway. That's not the case.
2: That's not the case. So
0: I have one that might be out there a little bit, but I'm not sure. I have a number of clients that sit on boards and maybe I should be more specific. Sit on non-profit boards. I actually have a number that sit on corporation boards too. But does umbrella come in at all? On, uh, you know, in your responsibility there. How do you think? Of, how do you think of that?
2: There is coverage underneath the umbrella policy for people who sit on non-for-profit boards. On corporation boards, it does not cover yeah. you. But non-for-profit, it's an endorsement that can be added to an umbrella policy to give you that additional coverage to protect you. When you're sitting on a non-for-profit board, I think it's important to always ask about the policy that they have in place and how much is it? Because we've found that non-for-profit is usually looking at cost and they'll just buy the minimum of a million dollar coverage for the board. And let's just say, you know, you misspoke or, you know, they're coming, you know, there's maybe some money that has you know that they're kind of looking at investments i don't you know there's all kinds of things that can fall back on you in a lawsuit for sitting on these boards and the coverage that the board provides is not always adequate and you can be sued personally for the
0: decisions decisions
2: and actions that you make on the board
0: so if i currently have an umbrella policy should i still be talking with my agent about what what it's going to do for me if i'm also sitting on that nonprofit board?
1: Yes, but you have to understand that it is excess liability excess D&O liability, directors and officers liability okay. that sits over and above the underlying policy that's in place for the not for profit. Okay, okay. But still a good question i think. To, oh, to it's ask. definitely a question. It's a question we, we always ask our clients.
2: We do. And it's easy to find out if someone sits on a board these days because of LinkedIn yeah. and social media. So it's always good to check those places when, I, you know, when you're talking to your clients.
0: So that brings up a really great point. I think there's a ton of information out there about all of us now and it's hard to hide if you've got some wealth and you're involved in things, but then there's the whole cyber side of this. Are you seeing that being another element that we're having to deal with is, what about cyber bullying, cyber issues like that?
2: Cyber bullying is definitely an issue and it seems like it's uh, a gr- it's growing. There's no longer the physical bullying, it seems like, like as much, the cyber's replacing it. And umbrella policies do protect you and your family from these type of things being sued because maybe your child said something on the internet that you know another child didn't take very well and uh, we've seen where families have sued other families for the uh, mental health bills that have incurred due to their char- child being cyberbullied.
1: I think all of us are guilty of, of this mass social media presence and, and at, you see people go viral for the silliest things. and you need to be aware of that. I think you need to educate your client on what they're putting on the internet, what they're putting on Instagram or Facebook, Um, pictures that are in front of fancy cars or mansions I mean it makes them such an easy target for potential litigation
0: well that that makes a lot of sense I want to talk a little bit about how we start thinking about the right size policy but I I want I want you to give me some examples because I know I've talked to some people in the past that, that say well I don't think these things tend to get really expensive and Andrew, you and I were talking the other day about, I think it was a condominium, right? And it got real expensive for the condominium owner. Can you share that story a little
1: bit? That's correct. I and mean, we, we've seen scenarios where there's a, a fire and a condominium. The damage to your unit is covered by your property insurance. But the ensuing damage, the smoke damage, the fire damage to the surrounding units is a liability exposure. And that can be, the typical limit on your underlying policy is anywhere from a half a million to a million dollars. And some of these condominiums can be very, very expensive. And so you can eat through that limit very quickly and then dip into your umbrella insurance. And we've seen claims range from $5 million to claims range from $50 million in that scenario. So
0: you brought up a point that I want to understand better. You said... I want everyone to think about this insurance as you've got an initial insurance you mentioned before that you've got insurance on your car and you have insurance on your house that gives you some liability protection, right? Correct. This sits on top. Correct. Do you need to possibly adjust that baseline insurance that you have in your policy before you can get the umbrella insurance or does it matter?
1: Yes, it does matter. And it's very important to carry whatever the minimum limits that your umbrella carrier requires to meet the criteria to qualify for the umbrella. And so typically that's around 300,000 for your homeowner's insurance. And I'd say 250,000 for your auto insurance. You know, the, the way the auto insurance works is is it can have split limits or combined single limit. And if it's split limits, it's probably at 250,000 uh, bodily injury for, for one person, 500,000 bodily injury for aggregate parties, and 100,000 for property damage. And then for combined single limit, it's probably around 325000 as a combined single limit. I, I'm going to
0: assume there's a few people listening right now thinking, I don't even know what my base limits are. So step one, go check that. Check your limits out. Figure out what you have now.
1: Make sure you don't you, have the state minimum limits.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, clearly is going to be the cheaper cost, but not the right answer always. So how do I start thinking about... The right amount to get. Yeah, I, I, you, you mentioned that there's one million. Is that basically the minimum of excess? Does it start it at starts
2: a, at one million? Starts
1: at one million. It starts at one million. I'd say the majority of our clients probably purchase around five. Okay. To come up with a limit is a more complicated question. What, what's right for me? What's right for my clients? And I, and I think it takes a concerted effort between you, your financial advisor, and your insurance broker to come up with the right limit that protects you and your family. And honestly, I think the key is to understand your your exposures, your lifestyle, and then your tolerance for risk.
0: I know that when I ran into a situation not too long ago with a friend of mine, they had an instance that happened at a house that they had that their friend said, "I, I don't want to give you any exposure to this, but my insurance company, is telling me that they have to go after you to recoup the costs that we submitted for it was it was actually some medical damage a decent amount of medical damage right so I think a lot of times you think well these things won't really happen to me but sometimes they're outside your control right
2: that's correct I mean the the medical providers are going to look for ways to recoup the money that they're putting out so if they research the claim and find that there was negligence on another party that they could go after, they're most likely going to do that. It's Whether you say, please don't do this or not, right. you know, you really don't have an option. The policy even states that you do not have, you know, this is up to their discretion. So,
0: I think I've got an idea of where the umbrella policy sits. It's above those new, maybe raised up accesses. Um, we would... Do an interview. I assume you would do an interview with a client, and say, let's really go through your life. You know, do you have these other things that are going to increase your risk, and let's build a policy that makes sense. How should we be thinking about the cost of it as a consumer? Is it? You mentioned that it's not a very expensive insurance. Help us with like a ballpark of what we should be looking at, and does it get more expensive as I add more insurance?
1: Or does it get less expensive? Like, how how should I be thinking of that? So it ranges. The range is really based on your exposures. And if you own multiple homes, you have multiple cars, you have teenage drivers, whatever it may be, it's going to range a little bit. But it probably starts around a couple hundred dollars per million, and then scales up from there. And then as you start to get into higher limits, the rate and the underwriting process can be a little bit more stringent, the rate can be a little bit more expensive. But at the end of the day, it all goes back to What is your exposure, what is your lifestyle, and what is your tolerance for risk? Makes sense. I would love everybody to at least take the steps of
0: saying, I'm gonna find out what my limits are, I'm gonna find out if I currently have a policy, and get an idea of what would it cost, right, for me to to have this level of protection. You know, as we sit down and work with our families, I know that making sure that success, generation after generation, is there, this is the type of subject we always wanna make sure that they're being conscious of, To make the best decisions thank you both for taking the time to share this information with our listeners this subject came to us from one of our listeners saying go find out for me so if you are listening and you have a subject you really like to have us go out and tackle just send in an email to stephen.lewis at bernstein.com and please make sure and share this podcast with anybody that you feel like it would be helpful for thanks a lot thank you
2: thanks this has been music to my ears. For more information
0: on this podcast or to ask a question, just email us at stephen.lewis at bernstein.com.